What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the What's Up Finance podcast, a podcast where we discuss what's up with the market, the economy, and any other worthwhile topics and discussions. My name is Camden Alcanati, and joining me today is Matthew Campbell, as well as our guest, Don Tran. Don is a veteran, a small business owner, and is working towards his MBA at USC. Don, we want to thank you for your service and for joining us today. Thank you again for having me, guys. Uh, it's good to be back on the show and looking forward to our chat. So we had you on previously, and this time we wanted to get an update from you. Cool. So let's start, uh, Don. Let's start with how your business school is going at USC. Tell us about the program and your experience so far. Yeah, sure. So I'm um, doing the executive MBA program at uh, USC. So the scheduling is actually perfect for any like working professional uh, since it's every other Friday and Saturday um, that we actually have classes. And of course, right now, due to COVID, um, everything's online. So we're just doing Zoom classes right now. But hopefully we go back into the classroom um, setting uh, in January for the new semester. Um, cause that's kind of why you go to an MBA program for all the networking stuff like that. And although you could still network through zoom, it's just a different feel. Um, you don't really get to know people that well, um, through the zoom environment. So hopefully looking forward to coming back soon. But, uh, currently right now, um, the system's broken down into themes instead of like full semesters. So we're in theme two right now and we're focusing on finance, accounting, statistics, and leadership. But, uh, it's a lot of work, but it's going well and I'm learning a lot, um, as well as meeting a lot of people in different industries about to take their next step into either that uh, executive level um, position in their company or um, aspiring to be there soon. Wow. So let's start to the, uh, to start from the basics. Why did you choose USC as a business school and what courses are you taking and how long is your program and how is the program structured now post COVID and, and current COVID era? Yeah, sure. So right now we're uh, theme two, just like I said. So in the theme one, it was just really getting to know everybody. And we did um, focusing on leadership and communications. Uh, moving forward now, we're actually getting to a little bit more of the business side um, and evaluating uh, companies from a top level perspective. Uh, so diving into their finance, statistics, we can be able to read that and how to evaluate that and make a business decision off of that as well as the accounting um, and finance side of it. Uh, we just started finance this week. Um, so a little bit rusty from where I was at Chapman, but um, definitely getting back into the swing of things. Um, the overall program is a 22-month program, um, and it's every other Friday and Saturday, just like I said. And uh, there's one international trip in there. It's like a three-week trip. And originally, um, the class has been going over to China for the last like 12 years, I think. Um, I'm going to different areas of China, but um, the class right now that's supposed to go over there um, is they cancel that trip. So I think they're going to be, as soon as the borders open back up, they're going to be looking to Singapore or Vietnam in Asia since they have booming economies at the time right now as well. Wow, that's very cool. Um, is there anything noteworthy or interesting that you've learned so far during your studies? And I know that it's difficult to utilize the networking aspect of the MBA school. Um, but is there any other connections you've made so far? Um, there's lots. So every almost everything in um, the classroom environment is group-based. So they assign you a group with um, five other people right now, depending on the class size, of course. Uh, so you get like five or six people per group. And then 
they kind of structure it to where everybody in the group has a different um, focus or a different kind of strength that they kind of put you into. So there's like one veteran, that's me. We have an accountant in the team. We have a business development focused person, one that's operation. And um, the other one does a lot of uh, regulatory work for their company. So that's kind of the environment um, and different works. But there's doctors in the class. There's some rocket scientists. There's like a neurosurgeon from USC as well. Um, so it's just like the plethora of different experience and knowledge um, trying to combine in and to get a better understanding of business and how to move forward. So what is the goal of, of working with this group that you're assigned to? Um, do you have group projects? Is it like uh, one final big project that will be uh, a final as like a, as in a grade? Or is it just a way for you to meet other people and have like these study sessions? It's all the above. Um, every class has one group project that's always ongoing. So whether it's a homework assignment or a big group project or a presentation that you need to do, it's always ongoing that you have these group projects going on. And you even turn in homework assignments based on the group. Uh, of course, the quizzes and tests are uh, for your own score um, and you study that on your own, but you use a group as a well as like as a um, kind of fallback and supportive network to help you study as well. If someone's stronger in accounting, they're able to help you out before you need to go to the professor. So it kind of works out well. And you really understand these people from not just what their capabilities are, but as a personal level. So we'd really dive down in that too as well. Recently, we did this like personality test called the SDI. So it focuses and puts you into three, pretty much three different color groups. Like the red are the very alpha kind of group, uh, really outspoken, really extroverted. And then you have the blue, which is more focused on uh, the people side of the business. And then the green is really the analytic side. And one person doesn't just fall in one color group. It could be one stronger than the other or in the middle of all of them or in between two different color groups. So just understanding that was is pretty eye-opening as well as it opens you up for understanding how other people deal with conflict, how they communicate, um, and how they work as well and what kind of learning they are. So I think that was really successful uh, moving forward. In the past at Chapman, we did um, I did a, my cluster for leadership. There, so we did like the Myers Briggs, the MBTI test, and all other types of personality tests. But I think this one is really um, different and ben more beneficial than others. It doesn't classify you into one of sixteen, but it just allows you to have like a spectrum more than um, classify you as one specific type. So you are a entrepreneur. You have two startups. The first is Deep End Fitness, and the second is Underwater Torpedo League. Um, why did you decide to, go to, to get your graduate degree in business and, and pursue the MBA? Um, you have these two businesses. It takes a ton of your time, tons of effort, tons of resources. Why did you feel like you needed to pursue this higher degree? Well, um, for me personally, it's always to, the more education, you know, the more you minimize on cost, time and mistakes, right? And cost or having mistakes definitely costs the company a lot of time and money, um, which we, we don't have a lot of right at, this, at the moment. So during my like uh, education at Chapman, I really was able to apply all the business skills and all the business learnings and teachings and examples from the past. Uh, almost directly the next day into the business. So when I finished and graduated from Chapman, I didn't want to stop that education process. I didn't want to stop learning. 
and stopping finding new ways to really help the benefit um, the growth of the business. So that's why I decided to go into the program right after uh, my under, undergraduate. Very cool. And that was a great decision on your part because uh, now you'll finish schooling, kind of the, the work world, the economy is on a, on a standstill. So even though your businesses have been affected, which I want to go into discussion about, um, you're able to, to take a year off. It's like a gap year. Take a year off, get your education, work on yourself. And then by the time COVID is, is done, hopefully we have vaccine, but hopefully in the near future, next year, you'll have your, your MBA, your graduate degree, and then uh, you'll be able to start working on your two businesses. So the next question we have is, we talked to you pre-COVID about your businesses and we you're learning about how you want to try to expand to Miami and San Francisco and other cities. And you had these pools that you're working with. Now, during COVID, how has your business transformed? Um, man, it's really shut us down almost completely when COVID just kicked off. All the pools shut down. So all of our revenue streams almost instantly stopped, which was a huge um, setback for us. Of course, we applied for the EL. EDIL, um, the PPP, and all those things. And we only got approved for $10,000 of the IDL for um, Deep End Fitness alone. Um, some of the other reasons why we couldn't get it, because I think we weren't profitable just at the moment, or we didn't make any profits in any of the company yet, just as being a startup. So the resources were limited um, to a lot of startups, which is, I think it's a flaw in the system. Um, and they're trying to fix that now and provide more help for startups and things like that, especially small businesses. But um, yeah, it, it was difficult, extremely difficult. So even currently now, it's still super difficult. So was, we train out a lot of pool facilities that we rent from the city or high schools or colleges. And those pools are either um, barely starting to open back up or they're open, but they're only allowing for um, individual like lap swims. So they're not able to run group classes there. So currently in Southern California, we only have two pools open out of seven. Uh, and that's in Irvine, California, and now down in Chula Vista. Um, but even with that, the restrictions within the pools are extremely high. And we're limiting the capacity of how much people we could have per class and the type of training that we can do um, in Southern California. But looking positive. Um, it's things are opening back up slowly, but surely not in the LA area just yet. And we don't, um, foresee it opening anytime soon in LA, but, uh, we have the rest of Southern California at this moment. Um, and then talking a little bit about the expansion program, we went out to Austin a few weeks ago to kind of see the lay of the land out there. Cause Austin, um, and Texas has been opening up a lot faster than Southern California. So really trying to figure out the areas around the other United States. Um, we're going out to Miami tomorrow to start a pool out there. So that's turned back on. Uh, we went out there a few weeks ago to see the kind of the lay of the land, but Florida, um, they probably don't care as much about the consequences of opening things up, but uh, their numbers are not spiking as much up as they thought they would. So um, we're going out to Miami tomorrow to launch the pool um, and start a program out there. Um, and then we're still waiting for everything else around the United States to open up from Hawaii, Las Vegas, um, the Bay Area, wow. and well, New York. Sounds like you've got a lot going on. That's that's great. I'm, it's unfortunate that uh, COVID has affected your business down here, but it's very cool to see how you've looked at individual markets and adjusted 
based on that and are expanding across the country. Um, how do you plan on managing all your expansions spread spread like across the country so far? You're in California, Texas, Florida. Yeah, so that's the biggest issue, right? That's the biggest problem. How can we maintain quality control and a brand promise when we're actually extending ourselves exactly. all the way across the country? So um, it's going to be to hire on additional people. So of course, during COVID, we weren't re really revenue producing, but we were able to really um, identify and help us like figure out how to run as lean as possible from cutting all our marketing costs, cutting almost all the operations costs and just running as lean as possible and saving as much as money as we can for the expansion moving forward. But we are still as a startup, we are still running out of money. So, um, and we need money to fund additional projects coming up. So we're starting a WeFunder campaign um, for crowdfunding um, moving forward that should be launching next week or early the following week. Um, yeah, so we're raising a million bucks. You guys should check us out. Anybody listen to this? And if you guys are sound interested in anything that we're doing, um, please check us out. Great. Yeah. Um, we are going to include the link down in the uh, podcast notes below. So any listeners, you're welcome to check that out. And uh, why don't you talk about that some more? So tell us what your uh, crowdfunding campaign looks like, what uh, early funders get, that sort of thing. Sure. Yeah. So we're raising a million dollars. That's a top uh, level of the highest level that you can raise on WeFunder. And the minimum would be $50,000. So we have some lead investors lined up that should really start kick us off and put us in a good position at the beginning of the raise. Um, so WeFunder, as if you guys don't know, it's a crowdfunding um, platform that instead of like Kickstarter, where they promise you guys some type of product uh, given back, you guys in turn get equity into the company um, in the future. Um, so there's multiple ways to get equity into the company, whether it's a convertible promissory note that acts as debt first, that turns into equity at a later time, or there's a safe out there, or you can do um, dividends payout um, as the company progresses as well. For us, we're very familiar with the convertible note since we've done a family and friend round raise uh, using those terms before. So I think that's what we were most comfortable with moving forward. So our terms are a two-year maturity date, um, a valuation cap of $3 million dollars, and um, a 15% discount um, once we raise um, additional million dollars in our Series A round. Uh, so that's what it looks like for us. Uh, we have some early bird specials. If you do, uh, in the first two weeks, you'll get a valuation cap of $2.5 million. And we have some early bird um, perk specials. If you raise or if you um, put in more money, you'll get additional things like a polo shirt, T-shirts, some free training sessions. Um, we're coming out with a book that we just got a publishing deal for. So we'll send you guys one of those. And uh, yeah, it's just different things, but everything will be up on our site for you guys to check out uh, moving forward. To me, it sounds like a great way for investors who are just getting started to uh, dip their kind of toes in the water investing into small businesses. So that sounds like a great opportunity. Yeah, it is. And I think... Um, in 2016 or 17 is when they open up that act that allows that anybody can invest. So you don't have to be an angel investor. You don't have to be a person with a lot of money. Um, and our lowest minimum is $100 that you can invest into the company. So um, anybody from our friends, family um, that believes in the dream or believes in our company or believes in us uh, can invest into us and have a small portion of that as well. 
So some could say now that you're you're operating more lean and you have more time to work on the business model and work on the expansion, work on your ideal plan and vision for the company, COVID has actually benefited you. So besides the fact that, of course, you've lost tons of revenue and, and you haven't been able to work with your, your customers and your clients at full capacity, this time has allowed you to, to work on your vision, your business model, and uh, enhance that in some way. Yes, it's definitely a blessing and a curse. Um, but immediately when it happened, we're like, okay, wow, we've been focusing so much externally. We need to take this time that we have right now to focus internally. So really working, just like you said, on our business plan, business development on inside, as well as communications and our core team. Uh, we brought on one additional member um, at the time and not really paying him cash up front or a salary or anything like that, but give him some equity. So that way we can continue to grow the business on the inside out. Um, so yeah, we really use a lot of the time and then we were able to, uh, write this book or this guidebook as well. It's called free your mind guidebook and it's a mindset coaching platform, um, a month long program that you can use. So we just got a publishing deal with Morgan James out in New York. Um, so yeah, super excited about that. It should be dropping in the beginning of 2021. And are you writing this book? Yeah, uh, Prime, Hall, and myself, my co-founder, and me, uh, we wrote this book during quarantine. Oh, so it's already completed? Yes, it's completed. Mm -hmm. Oh, very cool. So can you give us some insight on, on any of the tips in the books that you created? Yeah, sure. So, uh, it's called Free Your Mind, and free is actually an acronym that, focus, or that um, stands for focus, relaxation, economy of motion, and efficient breathing. So originally when we started the program, we were using all these operating systems and the principles to really train people in the pool to become uh, relaxed as possible when it mattered. And then of course, turning that focus on when it mattered as well. Um, but now we're, so many of our athletes are like, wow, I've not been only making gains in the pools with this principle, but like I've been applying it to my real life and it's been super successful for us. So since then, we're like, okay, let's take a look at what we're actually doing here and how we're teaching people so we started writing the book a little bit, started coaching people, uh, not just athletes, but like some executives as well and some just regular people. And it's been super successful for them. So we've been starting that since uh, April or May-ish, uh, finished writing the book in July, and then um, started an executive kind of coaching program to help people um, shift their mindset to a growth mindset and allowing them to eliminate a lot of drag and increase the flow in their life and their everyday activity. So it's been pretty successful. And I think we're making an impact, positive impact on a lot of people, uh, which we love. I think that's great. And uh, actually, Matthew, I believe yesterday or the other day before, he was asking me about a good productivity book that I could recommend him. Um, and Matthew's all about productivity and creating some type of routine and helping uh, enhance and grow your routine. Um, so Matthew. Yes. What do you, what do you think of this idea for the book? And, uh, and Don, how has your routine and your daily life improved since creating this book and since believing and, and practicing whatever uh, is written in the book? 
Yeah, I'll answer briefly real quick. I mean, first off, I'm excited to get my hands on a copy after I donate to your crowdfunding campaign. Second off, um, I one thing that I think would be great in the book is that since both of you guys come from a military background, uh, a big aspect in productivity is discipline. And uh, I believe that's going to be rooted in your book and that'll make that'll allow its readers to kind of get that sense of discipline and stay productive for sure. But also just, I look forward to reading it. hundred percent. Right. So, I mean, one of the biggest things we talk about is self-discipline, right? And how do you create that? That's creating a good habit or a good routine really going off of, but a lot of people struggle with that on their own. So if they come up with some type of accountability tool or accountability partner or whatever it is, like, for example, like you're going to the gym, right? It's easier if you're going to the gym with a friend, right? They not only hold you accountable, they push you in the gym, but that can be applied as every other things in life as well, whether that be your significant other or your friend or your business partner that really drives the forward force to hold you accountable for the things that you say you're going to do and the things that you plan to do, um, not just as yourself, but as a team. So that's one of the biggest portions that we really kind of talk about in there is trying to find that ac accountability coach, whether it's um, someone around you or even uh, a calendar, you know, so find whatever tools that you have around you because a lot of people don't have the access or the ability to work out with somebody, especially during this COVID times. They're, they don't even have a gym. Um, but yeah, so that's one of the basic things we talk about. And then really going back into that free acronym as well of finding your focus. Um, and we call it on demand relaxation of really, Hey, I'm really stressed out right now. How do I calm myself down? And that could be through a breathing technique or it could be refocusing on the task or maybe just walking away from second from, um, a stressful environment or at, at work or whatever it is with your boss before you say something that's inappropriate, you know? So um, I think it's really helped people out and it's really helped me out writing the book to really understand the process myself uh, and really be able to talk about it and um, help people yeah, out well, with it. Also, the well. first point that you made um, about having somebody kind of keep yourself disciplined, working with somebody, that's great. So it would be very cool, actually, is after we get our hands on your book, Cameron and I read it, and maybe we have you back on the show and do a Q&A where you talk uh, more in depth about some of the other strategies in your book. Great. I would love to do that for sure. And um, here's an idea. Why don't we test some of those principles in your book now? So I know that you're doing coaching now, and I know that you've always been into mental fitness and physical fitness. Um, why, don't, why don't we do a live example now? So I can, I can tell you one of the things I'm having the most difficult time overcoming and then maybe you could give a, a quick solution and an example of how that relates to what's written in your book let's do it brother so right, I, send your <laughs> perfect so i believe one of the biggest problems i face now is um i'm i'm one that likes to keep busy and i feel like i always over overcome myself with activities and responsibilities and tasks and sometimes um, I don't, I don't put my full effort into it. And then even now, and I've, I've, I know this is true, uh, with others as well. COVID has definitely depressed as well as definitely made everyone into this weird funk where they used to work out every single day. And now like they're getting up later and it, it just, it, the whole environment has changed. And I, I really feel like, uh, everyone's mental health. 
uh, has weakened um, in some point because of the coronavirus. And it could be because one of their loved ones has passed away, but it could also be because the whole the whole world has shut down and, and they've been stuck in their homes. So what would you recommend to someone? How, how can you help someone improve their, their mental and physical life um, when they're stuck at home? Yeah, well, it sounds like easily that you can identify your goals, right? And your goals settings should never just be in your business, your education, but it should be for yourself as hobby and leisure as well, as well as focusing on your family, whether you have a family already or you're trying to find someone to start a family with. And the last one is going to be really your global impact on the world. So we always talk about goal setting first, identifying gaps within those goals, and then writing your ultimate why for each goal, right? And then your ultimate why is always going to give you the driving power that you need. Maybe you need a reminder, but... Uh, driving power you need to really continue on even push through the hardship whether um so let's use an example so what what's one of your goals right now for your person or your educational goal okay so an educational goal of mine is to continue um working on on understanding the financial market and the economic space um and to pass the cfa so i'm studying for the cfa level one now so uh, a smaller short-term goal would be to set daily um, time period to our study for the CFA so that by the February 6th test date, I'll be ready for it. A longer-term goal is, is just to surround myself on a daily basis with finance so I can become more familiar with it and become more mastered at it. Okay. Perfect, brother. That's an awesome goal, uh, short-term and long-term goals. And then what's your biggest accomplishment in that field right now that you've got? My biggest accomplishment in the field right now is um, I would say that I, I have passed a couple of the tests. So I passed the Series 65 and SIE. Um, I'm working in a financial role now. So one of the tasks I'm doing is I'm helping a company called Park Avenue Asset Management with the uh, analysis of acquisitions. So they're acquiring some property in Florida. So I'm helping them with that. Um, yeah, I would say that that's, that's one of the accomplishments. Perfect. Brother. And then for your identifying after you understand where you've gone so far and where you want to go, so now let's fill everything else in, right? So what's your why? What's the reason, big reason why you want to accomplish all these things for your goals? I think it has to tie in with the educational aspect of it. So even you um, pursuing your, your master's degree in business, I think that to be able to educate myself um, and become stronger in that field, I feel like I would feel better as a person. And then with my education and my skill set within finance, I can help other people. Um, and then, of course, you can meet my other goals like, getting a great job, um, uh, supporting a family, et cetera. Okay, perfect. So with now that we have your why, where you've gone and where you're going, so then now let's set up an established, easy schedule for you to go move forward towards that, right? You already kind of briefed me that you already have a schedule moving forward and the small goals identifying that you study each time every single day. So I would just continue, or I would tell you to continue that process and check up in on you hold you accountable for the small things that you're doing every single day. I might not do a call with you every single day, but I definitely call you a few times a week 
to check and see how your progress is going. And if you're not doing well, or you're not accomplishing those goals, I'll remind you of your why. And if that system doesn't work, we'll try to explore other options that can really help you out. Wow, that's great. So you you really focus on someone's why, why they're doing that. And, and why do you focus on that instead of like, what are you doing or how are you doing it? Isn't, isn't the how just as important as the why? I would say the how are fillers coming in, right? Because the why is always going to give you your ultimate goals. And the how, really, you have to be adaptive, especially during COVID, especially during all the situations as a college student. You're never, ever going to have the 100% how going into it. But with the ability to understand your why and then teaching your clients or the people around you to be adaptive and to overcome those small scenarios, um, as well, we always teach about small victories as well, or even confidence targets. So having our clients, people really accomplish those small confidence targets throughout the day and then throughout the week and all those small confidence targets add up to overachieving and coming closer to your why and your goals. So for like you, your everyday activity is like, hey, let's focus on studying every single day for that amount of time that you talk about. And then, hey, now that you've all done all the studying that you need to, it's going to really bring you a lot closer to doing better on that test. Then we take a practice test, see how you do, and then continue to move forward from there. But it's never ever about the how in that process it's always about the how as well but not um directly or very um detailed about the how it's always about being adaptive and then moving towards your why got sure. it got it so now that um you have had the time to transition and restructure your business into not only the physical ability and, and coaching ability for the, the the physical sense but also the mental sense where do you see uh, your company being in, in the next two years? That's really going to depend on what the really conditions of the world is uh, moving forward. But our goal right now is to um, get our all our pools operational back in Southern California and get 12 operational pools um, and training communities is what we like to call it. Cause we don't like just to call it location. We like to call them training communities because it really develops a community around uh, each location that we have. And within our mission statement is really to uh, create a positive shift um, in water confidence um, through aquatics training, uh, elite athletic training, and aquatic sports. Um, and the end of it portion of it is to really ignite a warrior class of people is what we try to do. So, and that doesn't mean that you have to be a police officer or a military person, but everybody has their own battles they fight. And they're all a warrior in our minds about in their own lives as well. But really try to ignite small communities within Southern California and those 12 pool locations that we talk about uh, and then continue the expansion around. And having athletes and coaches use this program, not just for aquatic sports, but for uh, NFL um, MMA fighters, surfers and everything like that, we, like we have in Southern California right now. And then for our Underwater Torpedo League, we're working with a few content media companies right now to get UTL as a spectator sport on national TV, which would be the biggest push, right? Because that's where majority of um, the funds come into um, as licensing and, and really franchising that out um, for network capability. So that's where we're going, shooting towards. Um, that's where we're trying to go right now. Now to talk about the fundamentals of your business. So... Um, statewide, you experienced um, the government shutting down businesses. Um, so you were affected tremendously by this. 
and you are part of the industry that is up and coming and growing very quickly. So you have the Pilates, you have the spin classes, the cycling classes, you have the yoga, you have Orange Theory, you have Soul Cycle, you have uh, Peloton. So you're part of this new up and coming mentality to want to work out and be part of a class and pay for this class instead of doing it at home. How has the industry shifted or changed during this time? And um, how has your competition um, been impacted? Are they are they still around? Are they also um, transitioning into a different business or, or adding different activities or, or revenue services? I think the fitness industry as a whole has done um, a decent job at shifting during COVID. Um, but I would classify our business and just of the other business that you just talked about is like the niche fitness business, right? It's not the global gyms that you really work out and trying to provide something very specialized uh, that can be beneficial to everybody. So that's what we like to classify ourselves as. So it's very special uh, training method that's beneficial to everybody. Uh, But within our competitors, a lot of people have switched to online programming, which we did in the beginning as well. But that market is so saturated. There's so much free um, online programs that big companies are pushing out. So that market was really hard to try to get into um, and try to get capture any of the market shares, especially with pools being closed and our programs being based around pools. Um, so a lot of people are adapting, but we got to see um, for sure. But you hear about all the time, like 24-hour fitness is going bankrupt. LA Fitness has sold half of their um, company to this company called Asporta. Like there's just so many shifts going on right now. And Although people are adapting, it's really hard for people to stay open um, right now. So we'll see where it goes. But I'm, I'm not too sure what the future exactly holds right now. But all we can do is continue to push forward, uh, continue yes. to drive forward. And, and your business model um, can be very flexible. So you created this this cool, very, uh, I guess, adrenaline-filled and, and very tiring sport, um, the Torpedo League, um, as well as you could you could create um, your business into a lot of different things. So there's the whole esports world that you could go into, where you could create some type of video game. Um, and because you don't really have any capex and uh, your operating expenses are lower because you don't own the pools, you could you could create this into a game or franchise it. So a lot of private pools they may want to do the same workout slash fitness within their own home. Um, so you could create and. An, game or some type of instruction manual where they can do it on their own. Um, Have you ever thought about doing something like that? Yes, that's exactly where we're going forward. So um, part of our competitive edge is that we don't have a brick and mortar, so we don't have to pay the overhead costs, right? Um, And like a gap that we're trying to fill within the market is all these community pools are losing a lot of revenue after the first few years of operation. So we're coming back into these pools and these whole ecosystem of community pools, home pools to really drive the excitement back into these pool systems that's already pre-existing. So I think that that's where we have an advantage of over other companies or small niche fitness companies moving forward. Um, and as you say, going into each home. So we're right now we're creating a product line we call it the game in the box. Um, we're getting our first shipment of torpedoes coming over from China next week. Um, to really build this with a set of goals, a set of underwater buzzers is like our whistle. If you can imagine like any sport on the ground, 
was like a whistle of including uh sporting instructions on how to play the game so really trying to push our efforts into every pool community and residential pool moving forward to kind of spark the interest and spark the, the excitement that we got going on and the buzz that we got going on right now wow i didn't know that that's pretty cool so let's let's relate this back to chapman so i i believe um you and I may be in the same class, but we both had to take operations and productions management. Uh, you manuf- you're manufacturing or buying torpedoes from China. Did your, your education and studies from Chapman help you in any way to try to do business in China and to try to work your way into producing something or buying something from China? Um, yes. Yeah, so... I would say yes and no. So we were kind of put into a special situation because the torpedoes that we played with was originally owned by this company called Swimways and their patent expired last November or November of 2019. Yeah. So they didn't continue that product anymore. So we were able to find where their mold actually was and it was in China through a manufacturer over there and then really pushing over there and then trying to buy this mold and then make modifications on our own and then creating our own torpedoes. And kind of going off of there since they already have the experience of creating these this product line over there so that's why we went with china um that wasn't um china's no longer the cheapest place to make uh manufacture uh low-cost items uh, mexico is a pretty good opportunity vietnam is a great opportunity as well so that wasn't the main reason that we went over to china but um because of the pre-existing mold and uh, pre-existing work experience that they have creating a similar product to the ones that we were looking for is why we went over there. Um, I would say I learned some of that um, definitely in my Chapman class, right? Figuring out the process of so the path of least resistance is what we we're trying to figure out um, as well as minimizing costs. So that was the answer for us at the moment. Um, but we went through so many headaches over in China um, from dealing with a previous company that owned the mold, to COVID happening that stopped all our manufacturing. Um, man, it was just, yeah, so many obstacles, but uh, I think we're finally getting somewhere with it now. It's first shipment coming over and it's been a, a seven, eight month process trying to figure this out. Um, so, yeah. so this is going to be called the game within the box? Game, game in the box. The game in the box. Um, and yeah, how is this going to work? Box. So you're going to have a torpedo, of course, and uh, uh, a some some would say a pool toy, but you could say it's a tool, an exercising tool, exercising equipment. How would this uh, game in the box work? Yep. So it comes with a torpedo. It will come with a net that we're still creating right now and then an underwater buzzer um, and then just instructions on how to play it. And, of course, um, the safety aspect of it, how to train properly, how to hold your breath, um, and then how to be safe about it and always having someone to watch your back. Um, either a lifeguard or someone at the pool that's responsible that's not playing the game. Um, safety is a huge aspect of it because inherently it's a little bit riskier when we're training underwater uh, instead of the surface. Um, so, yeah, so that's how we're going to do it. That's so cool. Yeah. And um, before uh, with with past products, they would give you like a, a DVD um, that you should play to, to hear the instructions are you going to have some type of QR code that will link to a video of you explaining and, and, and showing how the game works? Yes, you're on top of it, brother. But yes, we have all that uh, implemented and we're working on those videos. Um, we're probably about half of them done right now. Wow, I'm excited for that. And I think for a lot of people that have pools and uh, 
want to try this fitness because it's a great workout. And even for me, I used to, I used to work out every single morning by swimming and doing laps. And I felt like that is such a great workout because you get to utilize your pool. You get to cool down when it's really hot during the summer and you get really fit from it. I felt like I was getting really fit from it. So this is a great idea. It's product based and you'll be able to expand uh, your business. Yes, definitely. And uh, we really, really try to focus on the mental aspect of it too, because the game was kind of created when Prime and I were working as water survival instructors and trying to really up our water confidence levels. And a bright object in the pool underwater um, really shifts your focus on that anxiety that you have going underwater. Like, hey, where's my source of air? Because everybody can hold air, I mean, their breath for a significant amount of time without like causing any damage or anything like that. But everybody is like, Hey, how does that anxiety of, Hey, I need breath. Um, and that's natural. So having a bright object flow underwater or glide under the water, uh, moving at a, a decent speed is going to make you more focused on that. So that's how we kind of created the game. And we're really using that as a tool now to shift our focus from people, um, reaching that stress and anxiety levels every time uh, underwater and training to that, um, standard and then really switching on to like applying that to real life of, Hey, if I hit these stressors and I hit these anxiety portions of, of the time throughout my life, whether it be like public speaking thing or jumping on a podcast or whatever it is for your first time, um, they're trained and they're conditioned to really, um, perform better and think more clearly and have less stressors and anxiety in that, um, circumstance. So not only is it a pool toy or a workout equipment, but it's also used for physical therapy and rehabilitation. Uh, yes, we do have we do train challenge athletes as well as veterans um, to really overcome their fear of the water and overcome their anxieties and, and stressors throughout life for sure. Um, so to. Try to conclude this podcast. Um, you spoke about what you're working on currently and how your business has transformed due to COVID. Uh, you spoke about the industry itself, how it's growing and how it's also shifting due to COVID. Um, but one thing that we haven't spoke about is how people's behaviors and perceptions may change. So before you had a lot of people going to public pools and public spaces to work out with you. Now, they may want to be more in a comfortable and safer environment where they want to try to stay away from public spaces. They want to uh, try to not have the physical interaction because they may fear it. How do you plan on innovating this? So say that you can no longer use public pools because some people, some of your clientele, some of your market is too afraid to enter that space. How do you think you'd be able to innovate? So like we talked about earlier from uh, writing that book and kind of switching our platform um, to be able to reach people and not just in a physical training aspect, but on the mental side as well. So we've done that. If that were the case that we can't train in these pools, we would kind of shift focus and really try to focus on that a little bit more um, on coaching people and helping people, especially if people can't go outside and train and have some type of escape from reality or whatever dealers and stressors they're dealing with then we really shift focus more on that. But we've actually seen the complete opposite. So as soon as our Orange County pool location opened back up, we hit capacity at all these pool locations within the first uh, two weeks. So now we're having additional pool time scheduled as well as um, in San Diego that just opened up. So we're filling up all these classes and it's 
overfilling. Like we're filling up that capacity more than um, the pool's allowing uh, right now. So I know there's a need for people to go outside. I know there's a need for people to work out. Uh, so we're capitalizing on that as much as we can to provide a safe environment for people to train um, and get rid of some of their stressors. Now, if people wanted to find out more about you and your companies, um, where can they find you? Where can they look? Sure. You can check out our uh, social media since I'm sure your crowd is uh, a little bit younger and everyone's on social media. You can check us out on Instagram at uh, Deep End Fitness or um, our Underwater Torpedo League at Underwater underscore Torpedo underscore League. Uh, we got TikTok pages. We got Facebook. Um, and then for our website, it's www.deependfitness.com and www.utlnation.com. Check us and, out. and how is your feedback and viewership on TikTok and Instagram? I think it's a good place for people to stay connected, um, but I do not think it is a good place for people to, to conclude information that they're getting from it right? Because there's a lot of information out there. And I think that we're in a generation now that we don't lack any information, but it should be our ability, our responsibility as well to really sift through this information to see what's correct and what's not. Awesome. Well, thank you, Don, for joining us. Uh, we really appreciate it. And uh, we hope you uh, are very successful with the product uh, that's about to launch as well as your new book. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, guys. I really appreciate uh, the time that you guys put effort into this amazing podcast. And uh, you guys already yeah. invited me back, so I'm going to hold you to it uh, when the book comes out. <laughs> we look forward to that. And Thanks we'll be again, back on Don. The show. No problem, guys. Thank you all for listening in. We hope you've enjoyed this week's What's Up Finance podcast. We'd love your feedback and to hear what's up in your lives. Make sure to check out Don's businesses and feel free to shoot us an email to the address in the podcast notes below.